thanks to our sponsor, Orchestry. Don't be fooled. Microsoft Teams and SharePoint are difficult. Microsoft Teams, when simply turned on, can be unruly and yield endless sprawl. SharePoint causes constant frustration with user interface and permissioning challenges. End the chaos and harness the full power of Microsoft Teams, SharePoint Online, and Microsoft 365 with Orchestry. Orchestry is the work-made simple platform that empowers end users through controlled self-service provisioning while delivering the actionable insights and lifecycle management your IT administrators need to enable remote and hybrid work productivity without locking down the powerful capabilities of Microsoft Teams and SharePoint Online. See why so many are claiming Orchestry to be the must-have Microsoft Teams management tool of 2021. Get your free access to Orchestry with full featured trial at orchestry.com and tell them the Microsoft Cloud Show sent you to get the all the friends of the show perks. This is the Microsoft Cloud Show, episode 447. Today, CJ and I are going to talk about Microsoft Office inside of Teams, Microsoft 365 pitches legacy G Suite customers, and more cloud news recorded live February the 17th, 2022. Thanks to our sponsor, ShareGate. Microsoft Teams can be a great tool for your organization. That is, before your users make your environment messier than eating a hard shell taco. And that's where ShareCake comes in. Their user-friendly tools automate the tedious daily tasks involved in migrating, managing, and securing Microsoft Teams so that you can maintain a safe and productive environment without locking it down. Head over to ShareGate.com for your free 30-day trial and transform the way that you manage your Microsoft Teams. Back to the show. Good morning, Mr. Johnson. I still think you get it wrong when you say 2022. I'm like, no, man, it's 2021. Come on. I still, you know, it's weird. I, I don't, I'm not screwing up going back to like saying the wrong year when I do it by going back a year. But when I am saying the wrong year, I'm going back two years. Like I'm not saying 2022, I'm going 2020. <laughs> I'm like, wait, 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 no, no, no. It's just this, the one in oh, there just messes me up. 1967. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. How are you this morning? I am well. I am well. How about you? I'm doing just fine. Excellent. Hey, so I have, what have you been up to? Let me, let me start with you first. What have you been up to? What have you been up to this last week? Well, I'm going to save a couple of things for my pick, which is going to be a repeat pick, but I think it's such a good pick that I'm going to use it again. And mm-hmm. I'm going to talk a little bit about it then. But I've been doing some DIY tinkering, tinkering at home with some IoT sort of electrically kind of things. So um, that's been a bit of bit of fun. I don't know we've spoken about it before on the show, but I look forward to addressing it more in the picks than you know. I want to save it for then. Cool. I uh, see so what. Oh, go ahead. That's what that's been going on. And then next week we're going for a ski up in in the Great North, north of the Wall, as I like to say, with the. Uh-huh. Uh, the White Walkers, the Canadians, and we're going up to um, go skiing up near a place called Kamloops in British Columbia and uh, get a bit of, hopefully, a bit of skiing in with the kids while they're on midwinter break. Very cool. That'll be fun. Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. So, we, yeah, we will. Uh, I'll be jealous. I'll be enjoying watching your pictures from afar. So, you're doing, let's see, so you're going to be, you'll be sitting there playing in the snow. And if all things work out the way that I'm hoping, on your way home, I will be finally able to go back to the opening weekend of the IndyCar season, the St. Petersburg Grand Prix in um, St. Pete, Florida, that I'm 
really looking forward to that's where I was when the world started to shut down and like the NBA mm. and the NHL season shut down and mm-hmm. we were going to go see a race and then the race was going to be limited to people and one kind of class of ticket. And then it was going to be limited to nobody with a ticket. And then it was just, we're not going to do this. It's like, right. Right. And I didn't go last year because I wasn't comfortable with, I thought the crowd, I was, I didn't know what the crowds were like yet. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking That'd forward nice. to it. That'd be nice. Get outside, bit of motor racing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Very yeah. cool. So Good it's, stuff. uh, what has been going on in your neck of the woods? So I decided I got I have a, a fun little update. I'm not I guess not a fun update, not like yours is. I'm I'm curious to see your your pick later today and talk about it because it's uh I have some anyway, I'm curious to talk about it for self-interest stuff. But I am in the process. By the time this episode comes out, things should be out. If not, things have gone very bad for me uh, <laughs> since we recorded this, but I'm in the process of publishing a new podcast, the Voitanos podcast, and also giving some new life to my um, to the Voitanos YouTube channel. YouTube. So, yeah, and so if anybody, I hope these links are going to work. You know what? Look at the show notes. <laughs> Look at links in the show notes that are real <laughs> links, but it should Voitanos.tv and Voitanos.show should point you to the right spots. So I've had this thing like we've done this show for. God, you know, I was, actually, I was looking at it when we were when I was putting the show together. We started this show in October of 2013. Yeah, and you know, when you look at it, we're we're coming up on episode 450, which is like a big milestone, right? Yeah, but that is like you realize we've been doing this show for 3,065 days once we publish 450. 450. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, for 3,065 days, and you know what's interesting about it. That translates to eight years, four months, and 20 days, or 420. Now, just a coincidence, just a little shout out to Elon. But yeah, it was just like, anyway. So I was looking at that and I was like, okay, when, as we've done this podcast, you know, when, and I listen to other podcasts and I, I watch a couple of YouTube channels and there's a lot of blogs I end up reading as well, but not as often. And I found them like, you know, on for Voitanos, I write like long form, like blog posts and I've done it in like spurts where I won't do anything for a few months and then I'll jump on it for a while. And I really like last November, I really decided to really rededicate myself to doing regular posts on the Voitano site. But I thought more about it. I'm like, you know, in the content that I listen, that I consume, I like to listen to like educational posts and stuff when I'm, when I'm out, when I'm exercising or doing stuff that doesn't require multitasking or that, yeah. that sorry, that, that does enable multitasking. So like yeah. yard work, running dishes, cleaning around the house, just yeah. junk like that. And I was like, you know, I like to listen to that content, but there's a lot of times when like there's a YouTube, there's a stuff on YouTube that I can't listen to as easily because it's all like video based. And so yeah. I don't have it in my podcast and then blog posts, same thing. And so it just gets frustrating. And I've, I've done the thing of like, you know, ripping off a blog post and putting it through a text-to-speech thing and saving the MP3 and copying it on my phone or, you know, downloading a YouTube video and just lifting the audio track and taking the MP3, putting it on my phone. And it just stuff's annoying. So I was like, you know, what would be nice is if I like some of these sites, there's a couple different channels that I watch on YouTube that are published also as podcasts. So mm. I like to listen to it, but if there's something that they talk about that is more visual, then I like to go back later and watch the video because I don't like yeah, to sit gotcha. there and just, I'm not a, a YouTube kind of browser. And so I thought, I'm like, you know what? I really want like, but I know that there's people that do, that do things in a different way. Like I, I, you seem to be somebody who spends more time like watching YouTube videos than yep. I do. 
Whereas I listen to a lot of podcasts compared yeah. to YouTube videos. So you're going to do so both. So I'm going to do all three actually. So I've got right. basically, I'm going to have the podcast, I have the, the blog post. So if you want to read, I got you. If you want to yep. watch, I got you. If you want to listen, I got you. I see. And so it's for the long form stuff. When it makes sense, I'll have so it's a like podcast. A, so there's an audio version of your blog and a yep. video version of your blog too. Correct. And a written version. Correct. Nice. So it doesn't yep. matter which way you want to consume it. You can go do that. Yep. Nice. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I should, I'm, my plan is to debut it with uh, like an introductory post on, you know, who am I? Hello world. The same stuff we did when we started this podcast. And then That's the interesting other one. Yeah. So one observation I've made, I don't know about you, but I don't use an RSS reader anymore. Mm. Do you? Yeah. I use Feedly. Use Feedly. Interesting. So I, I just, I don't know. RSS just sort of, you know, it was like the, for a while there. And I mean, like, you know, over a decade ago, it was kind of like the thing that everybody used to read stuff. Yep. Right. Yep. And then eventually apps sort of took over, I guess. I don't know what happened, but it sort of fell out of favor a lot. And I just, I don't know about you and or others listening, but I just don't, I don't use an RSS reader anymore. Mm. And so blog content to me, unless I get it in my email and look at it, like I subscribe to blog updates from yep. a few select people yep. and, and I get blog content set on email that way. If it's not one of those people, I don't see people's blogs unless I go searching for content and find it, or I get them through podcast, right? Like updates and content through podcasts or on YouTube subscriptions. So I can totally see why this makes sense for you to, yep. to connect with people with your content through those other mediums as well as written on the web. This is exactly what you just described is exactly why I'm doing it. Because I know that that there's a lot of people that are like what you just described, where they don't read blogs anymore. And they're like, RSS is dead. I'm like, right, thanks. Uh, Microsoft saying email's dead. No, sorry, that's not happening. But it's, I know that there's people who spend more time consuming videos and, and just they subscribe to YouTube, have a paid subscription so they don't get the ads. And then they just, they consume, subscribe to a bunch of channels and they just watch stuff on YouTube. But then I know there's people that do the podcast. I'm like, you know, if I do this right, then I should be able to double dip or triple dip. So like maybe I write a, maybe I write a podcast or a, a blog post and then I flip on a screen, a screencast and I just, I screencast it and I record the entire video of it. But as I'm describing it, maybe I'm smart to where I don't assume that you can see everything that I'm talking about. And then I can lift it and put it on the podcast. I did a little bit of work earlier this week with the Voitano site. I found it was really easy for me that once I have the content actually created to syndicate it in these different ways. And so I'm going to go, that's, I'm going to give that a shot and just see how this, how this pans out. Or maybe if it's a demo based thing, then maybe I do the whole thing based on a video and I take the video and then drop it on like a, a site that does the transcription. It generates the transcription for me and ta-da, I can have a blog post out of it as well. So right. I think I've come up with a process that's not going to make it too, like it's not going to be like a one plus one plus one in terms of the effort level. I think I've got it set to where it's almost like a one plus a half that once the content's done, it's not bad. At least that's the ones I've done. So if things go the way I hope they go over the next, by the time that people hear this episode, I should have a handful of episodes up. There are, I am probably going to put a few in there where I just lifted videos from my YouTube channel that were tied to blog posts and I'm just morphing them to a podcast. They will be much more like, if you listen to it on the podcast, you're going to be like, man, I can't see any of the stuff he's talking about. 
So it doesn't follow that same model, but I do have a like a 45 minute to an hour long video and long article on my blog and podcast about the uh, something that we're going to talk about today, how Microsoft released the SharePoint Framework 1.14 on uh, Thursday, uh, the 17th of February. Nice. So yeah, so I, that's, um, a, that's my push. That's really cool. I think it's a great way people be able to subscribe and get content a bunch of different ways. I A little aside, I don't know if I've spoken to you this before, but I once had a conversation while I was working at Microsoft with a guy called Dave Weiner. That name doesn't ring a bell to listeners. He was one of the early founders of RSS, right? He wrote, he wrote a lot of the um, original specifications and advocated for RSS and syndication of news and all this sort of stuff. And it was a fascinating, fascinating chat. And uh, we, were, we were chatting. He wanted, <laughs> he wanted Microsoft to buy one of his products at the time. I think it's been long enough I could talk about this. Yeah. And, um, and it wasn't a, obviously it didn't end up working out, but it wasn't a good fit. But yeah, I was just like, I remember my boss at the time, Arpan Shah, who, who people who have listened to the show have come across in the past. He came up, he came up to me one day and I don't think I'm throwing Arpan under the bus when I say this, but he came up to me, he goes, there's this guy that wants to talk to us about buying one of his products. Can you take this call and blah, 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 and go have this chat with him and just find out what it's all about. And I was like, oh yeah, who it is? Who is it? And he's like, uh, it's a guy called Dave Weiner. And I was like, no kidding. <laughs> that Dave Weiner, actually the actually Dave Weiner. And he, he's like, uh, I don't know. I, maybe. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I'm like, dude, he's yeah. like, he's like, hell yeah, I'll take the call. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we got, yeah. And ended up, we ended up chatting about RSS for a while as well. Anyway, I, I, I digress. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, it's going to be interesting to, um, it's not going to be uh, like a rehash of this podcast. It's not going to be the same thing. It's only going to be me. It's only going to focus on the topics that Voitano's focuses on, which today is SharePoint Framework and Microsoft 365, like pro developer stuff. But you know, if I add more courses in the future, which that's the plan, it'll cover those things as well. And it's not going to be an interview style. It's not going to be like feature deep, probably not feature deep dives. It's more or less just going to be like, I, the way I'm describing it is, High value educational content. Um, yeah. So yeah. So that that'll be it. That's our that's the new podcast I'm I'm running with. So nice, awesome. Yeah. Well, congrats. Played with the idea for a while, so I'm looking forward to it. But be interested to hear how it goes. Me like, too. Be interesting to see how much how many people can consume it on the web versus video versus audio. I'm very interested to see that as well. I'm going to try to do my best to track it. It's not going to be. It probably won't be too easy, but yeah, we'll see. Awesome. So, hey, today we got some stuff we want to dive into, talking a little bit of Microsoft 365 stuff, little Microsoft 365 related stuff. We've got some Windows stuff. We've got some general Microsoft stuff, and we got some links. So why don't you say we go ahead and get started? Let's do it. This episode is sponsored by Raygun. Are you under increasing pressure to ship code faster than ever before? Then it's time to work smarter with Raygun's modern approach to error and performance monitoring. Raygun gives you instant visibility into the health of your software. And what makes it so unique is that not only it tells you when something's gone wrong, it shows you exactly where it's gone wrong and how to fix it right down to the line of code. Made by developers for developers, Raygun has built a suite of monitoring tools that are used and loved by thousands of software teams every day. Monitor every corner of your tech stack with widespread language support and native integrations with GitHub, Jira, Slack, 
Bitbucket, Octopus Deploy, and more for even greater visibility. Visit Raygun.com to resolve issues faster and to deliver flawless digital experiences to your users. That's Raygun.com to get started on your 14-day free trial with plans starting from as little as $4 per month. And we're back. All right, CJ, let's kick off with some Microsoft 365 stuff. And the first one I have is a it's a cheeky little post by 365, but I do think that it's uh, it's pretty appropriate. So let's take a little step back here. So G Suite, anybody knows what G Suite is? It's pretty much like the free edition of Google Apps. So Docs, Sheets, Slides, whatever. Basically, Google's version of Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and yeah. a couple other things. So in December of 2012, so about 10 years ago, a little under 10 years ago, Google stopped offering G Suite, the free version of G Suite, they stopped offering it to new customers. So if you were not already on board, you couldn't use it. And they've they referred to this as the G Suite Legacy Free Edition. Well, if they if they wanted to, if they want if you wanted to go through an, an upgrade, you could. But my, what Google has decided to do, they've recently announced, is that effective on May the 1st of this year, of 2022, that they are no longer going to make it available. So if you've been using it for free, it's been legacy and they're really just shutting it down and saying, sorry, you got to be a paid customer to be able to use this or not, which I get it. I mean, it's, you know, it's been great that it was free for a long time, but you know, I'm a little bit not- confused about this because I also saw an announcement from Google called introducing Google Workspace Essentials Starter. Like if Microsoft hasn't got bad naming problems, yeah. like Google are following suit on this one, a dedicated no-cost account for work. And so apparently for zero bucks a month, you can go get some of those same tools, chat, meeting stuff, docs, sheets, slides, 15 gigs of drive storage, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like the swapping the old one for the new almost. Is that yeah. accurate? Like it's a little, it's a little bit. Yeah, it's a little bit accurate. I mean, it is accurate, but it's a little, it's a little confusing what they're doing here. So okay. I seriously doubt many of our listeners are are really in this space. So I'm not, I didn't I didn't spend too too much time like diving into it. What I did find interesting is when this news came out recently that the Microsoft 365 guys said we have a special offer for small businesses using Google's Legacy G Suite, <laughs> and I found it to be I found this to be the the second sentence of their blog post was was quite funny, or I think it's quite cheeky. They said, quote, if you're a small business that's relied on G Suite Legacy Free Edition, we couldn't help but notice you might be in the market for a new solution. And we've got news for you. Today, you can get 60, a 60% discount on a 12-month Microsoft 365 Business Basic, Business Standard, or Business Premium subscription, along with all the help that you need to be able to make the move. So Google's shutting it down, and Microsoft 365 said, uh, we'll give you a reason if you're going to have to do some sort of migration, why don't you migrate to us? All right. Right. I don't blame, Very nice. I don't blame them. Sliding into their DMs. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind them, man. That's a that's a, that's a smart move to make. So kudos yeah. on them for actually doing it. Fair enough, too. Fair enough. Yeah. What you got um, for us? All right. Uh, let's see here. Special offer to Microsoft. No, we've covered that. I want to go with a Windows one, just to shake things up a little bit. Microsoft are tweaking Windows 11. I think that the the Windows 11 launch, you know, happened. You know how I said I wasn't going to upgrade? I crumbled in the end and just hit upgrade one weekend. I noticed that. I saw that on Twitter. 
I don't know what finally got me to do it. I can't remember what it was. It was the incessant nagging of windows. No, it really didn't. It didn't, huh? It didn't promote it once. Actually, that's not entirely true. In the update center for Windows, you know, when you go into the updates area, there it had your PCs ready to upgrade. But I didn't get a single toast notification. I didn't get anything saying upgrade. And I don't know if I was just the one of the people that didn't get it, you know. But anyway, I didn't. I didn't see any of that. But I can't. I honestly, I can't remember what it was. Oh no, I do. I do. It was a work thing and wanting to test our simulator software out on Win 11 and try to repro an issue. Ah. So I was, I upgraded to try that. But, you know, my experience has been pretty good. However, there's a few things that are different and Microsoft are tweaking a few bits and pieces, uh, new touch gestures, start menu folders, hmm. and a lot of other things that seem like... They were pissing everybody off. <laughs> well, I don't know. Were they? I mean, does oh, anybody yeah. miss start menu folders? I guess there must have been a bunch of people saying yes. I saw some stuff that people were complaining about that, saying that, that this is the one thing that's holding me up is I can't, I can't, it's hard to tell. Like when I have multiple words, word docs open, I can't tell like what is what. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, don't I guess I don't I have never, Windows 11. So I mean, I don't use any of that. I just hit Windows and start searching. Kind of like mm-hmm. on Mac, how you do like, what is it? Command space. Command space. To, yep. Yeah. Same deal. I just hit Windows key and start typing. So let's see. Uh, snap layouts are getting an improvement. Actually, this is actually a pretty cool feature. I use Divi both on Mac and Windows to do this, but Windows is getting some of this out of the box. Divi is great because you can define all your own areas and all that. And you yep. can, I know that there's power tools for Windows that can help to do this sort of stuff, but Windows 11 has some of this baked into it for snapping Windows around. And I love this stuff. I don't use the Windows 11 bits. Like I said, I use Divi because it's more flexible and it does a really good job with multi mon, like mm-hmm. multi monitors. But anyway, what else we got? Live captions, better drag and dropping on the start bar. Just it seems like a lot of little quality of life improvements that didn't quite make RTM for Windows 11. You know, it's like a few little features that weren't quite finished. Yeah, it's like fit and finish stuff around that they needed to add in, they needed to finish off. But hold the press. <gasps> hold the presses. Task yeah. managers getting dark mode. It didn't... Oh. <laughs> okay. I, actually, dark mode's sort of hilarious because it's like, I also noticed ShareGate have an announcement we're going to talk about in a second. Yeah, but what, what also one of the highlights in their announcement was dark mode, which yeah, and Ben Nylon who put it out was like you know because why not you know yeah. everybody wants dark mode right <laughs> exactly yeah so, so task manager is getting dark mode too so uh, yeah there's a few little uh, updates for Windows 11 coming down the pike shortly yeah that's cool how have you been with your Windows 11 switch have you been is everything been going okay solid yeah really good I this is really weird to say a lot of people hate this but the the only thing I really notice are the round corners mm-hmm. and how everything's centered in the start bar. Everything else to me seems the same. Yeah. So, and the new, the new, you know, when you push the windows key, the new start button experience, the, the old start button, the windows button, right? It's right. a bit different now, but on an ultra wide, right? Like I've got a 38 inch monitor, having stuff centered in the center of the taskbar actually makes a whole lot of sense to me. And I've, I've gotten used to it really, really fast. And I really like it because before I had to go like, I'm over the side of the screen and now I have to go to that side of the screen. Right. Yeah. And I'm looking right to left here, but yeah, with a really wide screen, it's kind of like, 
you're looking for things and you've got to go back and forth. I like having it in the middle. It seems really petty, but it, I like it. Well, it's, you know, you say that and I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, mm, I don't ever, I don't remember how long it's been that I've been used to that experience because that's how Mac has always worked, right? So I've been for a long time. I can't remember when I started doing this, but when I switched over to Mac, but it's been a while. I mean, it's been like eight years maybe. And, you know, there's their version of like the taskbar is same thing. It's all right in the center. Now, I, I'm the kind of person that I auto hide the taskbar. I auto hide the menu bar at the top. Mm. I just want a desktop. And gotcha. the one thing I have never really used on Mac is they have like a start experience. that's kind of like their start menu, but I've ne- I don't use their like start the, the page that you can hit. I think it's called carousel or something. Oh, you yeah. open it up. It's got a list of all the yeah, apps. Yeah, I never use that. Yeah. I never use that. I never use that on Mac and I never, it's always, yeah, it's command space and I start typing. I have Alfred installed. So Alfred's like help. It doesn't just find apps. It also finds files as well. So, but yeah, it's a, it's a replacement for spotlight on, on Mac. Yeah. But yeah, gotcha. That's cool. You're glad your experience is going well. I don't know if I will ever get to experience it. The, lot, the only Windows laptop that I have is um, only, only Windows laptop I have doesn't even recognize that Windows 11 exists. It's so old. Right. So, well, you're not missing much. Don't worry about it. No, oh, I don't feel that way. So speaking of updates, the uh, Microsoft Teams group, they released a uh, version two public preview of their JavaScript SDK. And there's a bunch of stuff that's inside of this about things that you can take advantage of that developers can take advantage of. But there was something in here that stood out to me. And you actually made a comment on it earlier this morning that I thought was a little confusing to me is that there's now an Office app that we can use inside we can use like teams inside of office or office inside of teams yeah and i'm i'm a little confused by this because the screenshot that they show is like navigation inside of navigation like it's got two vertical navigation bars inside of it. it's got two horizontal navigation bars inside of it i think it's that's a, the apps nav the apps well, navigation inside the office apps navigation that's yeah what i took away from that and it's just the ux of it is just confusing to me it's like Right. So as if we didn't have enough apps already, this is just bollocks in my view, right? Everybody uses the most, the two most used apps, right? Outlook and Teams in the office suite. Yeah. We're either in Outlook or in Teams these days. So why would we have a office app beyond me? I'd love to see the reasoning behind that, which, you know, in the office app, all it looks like is just a launcher for the other apps. Yeah. So uh, anyway. I don't, I don't understand it. it. Yeah, no. I don't either. I don't get it. If they do have a reason for this, they're not doing a very good job of explaining it. No. So anyway, crazy, crazy. The other thing, the other update I have from the 365 space is around the SharePoint framework. I mentioned this a minute ago in the opening that the Microsoft has released uh, 1.14 of the SharePoint framework. This release is one of the bigger releases that I've seen. Um, I spent a lot of time working on the docs and updating stuff. There's a lot of changes for this. There's a lot of improvements to it, to the SharePoint framework. Microsoft hired a guy named Alex Tarantiev. I'm probably mispronouncing your name, Alex, and I apologize, but he, you can totally see his influence in this release from the workaround extensions to closing bugs to cleaning up the generator and the prompts that we get at the beginning. Hmm. There's a lot of stuff here. There's a lot to go through. I'm going to save us a little bit of time and not dive into it. Instead, I'm going to kind of cross-reference my blog post and my podcast episode that I'm actually going to talk about with the, the stuff. Nice. So it's like a 
I go on, I talk about it for like 40 minutes. So there's a lot of stuff here. If you want to see it, again, like I said, there's a video. If you want to hear it, there's a podcast episode. If you want to read it, I got an article. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, that's good that they are putting some focus and attention back on that and tidying up some loose ends about time. Yeah. I'm going to stay on the Windows theme. Microsoft has got the preview for Android app support out for Windows. If you are interested you, and you are in the Windows Insider program, you can go get the first preview version of Android app support in Windows 11. There you go. You need Windows 11 to do it. It installs the Android subsystem using the you know the same WSL stuff that you see with Linux on Windows these days. Yep. Uh, and then they have partnered with Amazon to go integrate the App Store. So you get the ghetto the ghetto version of the Android App Store, which is a fraction of the apps that you do on the Google Play Store. It's very disappointing. If you've got an, if you've got an Amazon tablet, you will understand this disappointment because often you'll go, there's an app for Android, and then you go into the App Store on an Android, uh, on a Amazon Android tablet, and it's like, it's not in this one. And you're like, yeah. dang nabbit. So anyway, but, you know, who knows, might get better. The... Um, Anyway, so you can go try this out and run Android apps on Windows 11 now, which is pretty uh, pretty curious, like amazing technology that makes this doable. But mm. uh, some uh, some nerdery to go play with if you're interested in that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I want to just highlight one more thing here. Um, one of our, this is from, I guess this is not straight from one of our sponsors, but it does relate to one of our sponsors, Sharegate, who's been a great sponsor of the show. Yes. They had a very big release um, this week where they're changing their business. They've had a couple of products. They've had Sharegate Epricot and they've had Sharegate Desktop. And what they've decided to do is they've taken these two products and they've unified them into just Sharegate. So it's like it's one product. It's one platform. Everything is all unified. It's one license. It's one license. Yeah, it's much more, it's much easier to understand. And they've also gone through like a whole like rebranding kind of feel to it. Their blog looks different, very similar to what it was before, but the site feels a little bit different, organized a little bit better. I find this to be a good rationalization. It was a lot easier to understand. I've got a link to the blog post where they explain it. It's about a seven minute read. So it's not that big of a deal, but they also have a webinar that's coming up. I think it's on the 22nd. I think it's February the 22nd is when this comes out or when the, when the webinar is. Yes, so February 22nd. So you can sign up for it and you can tune in to see or watch the recording of it to see like watch Ben Nyland talk about this update and see how this release is all about a big... Actually, I just realized the webinar comes out the exact same day our podcast this podcast does. does. Yeah, so yeah. listen to this in the morning and go to the webinar. <laughs> exactly, there you go. There you go. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, nice. And they have dark mode support. Yeah, that's epic. Cool. Awesome. Should we talk about yeah. some picks? Let's do some picks. ACs Voitanos delivers on-demand video-based training for developers on the latest SharePoint extensibility model from Microsoft in his course, Mastering the SharePoint Framework. Back to the show. All right. I promised you that I was reusing a pick. I think, I think that's true. I can't honestly remember. But Shelly.cloud. S H E L L Y dot cloud. These are little home automation IoT DIY gadgets for controlling things, in particular things that require power. So things like lights, LEDs, etc. 
I ordered a couple of these a fair while back and didn't do anything with them for quite a while, but now I have. And um, I got the LED one working and have been playing around with it. And I am really, really impressed. Oh. It's that it's very cool. So they're not things that you stick on the wall or what have you. They are literally like small little boxes about the size of a matchbox, I suppose, but you know, thicker than a matchbox, but about the same size as a matchbook or matchbox. Mm-hmm. You wire them up to power and you wire them up to your, in my case, this LED strip that I had or have like an RGB LED strip. Right. And then you pair with it. So you pair it with, you use your phone, you can use Bluetooth LE to pair it and get it connected to your Wi-Fi in your house. Mm-hmm. And then you can, then it has an IP address. It shows up on your network and you can do things with it. You can either use the app on your phone, but the cool geeky Devi DIY aspect of it is that they've got APIs and they've got all sorts of different APIs. You can use MQTT. They've got a, a JSON RPC protocol you can use and you can just hit it with HTTP. So last night I was playing around with my LEDs and hitting them with Postman and turning my LED strip different colors based on just a post URL. It was actually a get. You can get or post depending on what action you want. And so they've got a little REST API and you can hit it with uh, Postman and change the colors of it. And so it it makes integrating with other things really easy because anything that can call a Anything that can make an HTTP call, you can go control your lights with. That's really cool. Yeah. And they've got all sorts of different types of these things for different purposes and different loads. And some are low voltage, like the LED ones, low, like a 12 or 24 volt. But you can also get, you know, 110, uh, sorry, 120 volt ones as well. I'm not sure about 240 volts, but anywho, Shelly is kind of fun. You've got to be into it a little bit, right? It's a bit tinkery. It's not a... Sure. Not something you'd you'd just give to the average schmo on the street to you have to be into electronics a little bit. Yeah, that's kind of the point, right? So that's like that's that's who they're catering to. Is they're catering to the the tinker crowd, the maker crowd. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. it's fun. Very cool. Very awesome. Cool. How about you? What do you got for us this week? I have a link to an article about the Bonnie and Clyde of crypto. Mm-hmm. Um, so the really quick version of this is that was it back in 20, I think it was 2016, there was a epic hack of uh, Bifinex of about 120,000 Bitcoin. So at the time, it was about 72 million. But today-ish time, it's about $4.5 billion. Before that, it was actually closer to $7 billion until the, the recent crash that we've had. But the, the concept here is... They were able to find the two people, the husband and wife, they're about 30 in their young, their early 30s out of New York City. And they were able to track them trying to start launder the money out and be able to use it for their own, their own purposes. They found them and they ended up, they, they busted them. And what's really interesting about this article is like <laughs> how they went and they found them. And just a year or two ago, someone did some research and showing that, you know, hey, they, they hacked into Bitfinex. They, did 2,000-ish transactions from legitimate crypto wallets into their wallet to get all of this money. And everyone could just stand around and they could look at the wallet that was holding everybody else's money, but nobody could access it except for the, yeah. except for the perpetrator. Yeah. But the downside to... So while it's all nice and decentralized and it's anonymous, at some point, the anonymity kind of disappears because when that money comes out of that wallet, 
it's also transparent. And when it ultimately hits something that's going to turn it to the real space where you can actually get to the cash and use it for real things, like in their case, they, I mean, they're sitting on $4 billion and they tried to buy a PlayStation at Walmart. They, at some point you can trace it and you can find it that way. And so it's yep. really interesting. There's still like something like 600 million that they haven't found and that's associated with it. But it's really interesting, like watching the DOJ operation to be able to find the money yeah. and how they did it. I thought you were going to summarize it by all criminals are stupid because <laughs> there's a piece in here where, where they went into the guy's Dropbox or whatever oh and God. found a note with like all of the addresses for the wallets and their passwords. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, did you, you seriously are sitting on $4 billion and you didn't have it in like one password or in right. last pass? Exactly. My God, what a tool. <laughs> Anyway, oh. you can't fix stupid. No, I get it. Crazy. Anyway. Yeah, that's funny. Cool. Interesting. I mean, yeah. All right, man. Good episode today. Good chat yes. catching up on the news. And uh, we got two fun episodes planned for the, the uh, that are coming up here. So I'm looking forward to uh, yeah to going through going through those two episodes. The next two, they'll be fun. So uh, I agree. We will record that in the next couple of days and have it out in about a week for you guys. Yeah. See. If- See you in 448. Exactly. 448 and 449. Fun stuff. Yeah. There. All right. Have a good one. Yeah, man. You too. Did you like this episode? Please tweet about it and drop a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find out about our show and grow the audience, and we would really appreciate it. If you got a question for us, go to microsoftcloudshow.com slash questions, where you can submit it as text or record it as a wave or an MP3 and provide a link to it so that we can play your question on the show. You can also subscribe to us in Apple Podcasts, in the Google Play Store, Spotify, or your podcatcher of choice. And finally, sign up to our mailing list by heading over to our website, microsoftcloudshow.com. You'll get notices of each new episode, as well as the show notes sent directly to you each week. We'll be back with another episode next week. Thanks for listening.